All right, folks, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. Part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. You can find all of my writing over at milehighsports.com. On Monday morning, I am coming out with a very, very interesting trade target article that I think everybody's going to want to pay attention to. I list 12 different names, different players that the Nuggets might be targeting in trades based off of some of the rumors that have been going around, some of the things that I've heard. I'm not going into specifics here, but I do want you guys to read that one. Share me your thoughts on Twitter. I want to hear what you have to say. And if I'm crazy, if I'm completely insane, but I do think that this is the the sort of players that the Nuggets are going to be going after over the course of the next week or two. But on today's podcast, we're going to catch up with some news and rumors over the course of the last couple of days. I haven't podcasted ever since Thursday. Uh, I podcasted with C.T. Fazio on Thursday and, and really enjoyed that podcast. I implore everybody to go listen to that one. If you're trying to figure out what the Nuggets are going to do, I'm going to do more of that today in the second segment. But first segment, we're going to catch up on news and rumors, different things that have been kind of going around over the course of these last few days. And we're going to start with a positive one. Nikola Jokic, he's going to be playing for the Serbian national team at Eurobasket. Really excited about this. It's it's always fun to watch Nikola Jokic play basketball, first and foremost. That's, that's the most important thing here. But more importantly, the last time he played for Team Serbia was 2019. It was after a very long playoff run that finished at the hands of the, the Portland Trailblazers in Game 7. And then kind of after that, it, it was just a very difficult time for, for Yoke, where he, he had a stressful Olympic run during that time. It wasn't Olympics, I don't think. I, I don't remember which uh, which qualifier it was or which event it was, but 2019, they didn't finish as well as they probably should have. It sort of kicked off kind of a bad regular season stretch for him the following the following season. But I do think that it's it's valuable to have him play for Serbia. It's valuable to continue to foster those connections and not necessarily hoard all of his basketball greatness. The Nuggets have had two straight MVP caliber seasons, MVP seasons, like legitimately. And they've had it all to themselves. He hasn't really played since 2019. And the only other time before that was in 2016, I think, at the Olympics. He helped Serbia win a silver medal during that run and and was probably their best player on that team. So I am very excited to watch him. Obviously, the international game makes so much sense for his skill set. He's a great player, and they have some great players on the Serbian national team as well. Uh, I don't know if Bogdan Bogdanovic is going to be playing on that run, but uh, they have Micic on that team. They've got a bunch of other Serbian players. I'm not sure if Teodosic is still playing, but uh, I haven't really delved into the Serbian national team roster, but I will over the course of this summer. Absolutely for sure. But it should be fun. I wonder if there's a French matchup against Rudy Gobert or a Greece matchup against Giannis Antetokounmpo. Maybe even Slovenia against Luka Doncic. How fun would that be? Just a lot of fireworks that that could potentially go on at the Olympics. Or hell, maybe it's a, against the – actually, no, it's for Eurobasket, so like it wouldn't be USA. But I really do want to see what Jokic would do against Team USA. That would be really fascinating. Next, Jeff Green 
he opts into his team or his player option. It wasn't really like it was a possibility that he would have opted out if he didn't really want to be in Denver, if he wanted another situation pretty clearly. But because he had $4.5 million on the table, because he said at the beginning when he signed a two-year deal that he wanted a little bit more stability, I'm not surprised that he's following through on this team option. $4.5 million, pretty easy number for Denver to kind of account for. It doesn't necessarily guarantee that he's going to be back, uh, but it does bring Denver's total number of players on their roster to nine. And like I said, not really surprised about this, but I am sort of curious as to how things are going to break down with Zeke Naji. The Nuggets have been very uh, kind of vocal behind the scenes about want like, Zeke Naji is definitely going to have an opportunity here, barring an unforeseen trade, barring unforeseen circumstances where he might be out the door. But it does seem like Zeke Naji is somebody that the Nuggets really want to foster, that they want to make sure that he's developed enough that he can be a contributor going forward. And I'm not surprised you draft him in 2020, and that's sort of a tell-all for all of the players that you want to have into your system. Like You want your first-round picks to be contributors. You, you believe in them. They're young. They can... Uh, be on long-term deals, restricted free agency and whatnot. So there are definitely opportunities for Denver to make this into a a really good situation for them if they continue to develop Zeke Naji. Uh, whether that happens, I don't know, but Jeff Green kind of plays the same position as Zeke. I see them both as power forwards. They're not really small forwards, and I don't necessarily think they can play on the bench together. We saw them play... Uh, power forward and center together, and that didn't really work, although that was with Faku, and if it was with Jamal Murray, that might be a little bit different. Hell, even Monte Morris, it might be a little bit different, but I do think that there are some things to think about there uh, from a rotational perspective. Those guys kind of overlap. So is Jeff Green guaranteed to be back? I don't think so. I don't think he's guaranteed, but obviously this is the first step towards him being back. Next, uh, Kevin O'Connor in his recent mock draft, um, he's either dropped on Friday or Thursday, one of the two days, dropped a tidbit in there that the Nuggets are looking to package the 21st overall pick and the 30th overall pick that they just acquired from the Jermichael Green trade with OKC. Said that they're hoping to package those picks to move up in the draft. And it's interesting. You always love to see teams looking to move up into the draft and trying to get better players in general. That's always a a telltale sign that a team has somebody circled on their board and really believe in somebody. It doesn't always work out, of course, but Denver, the last time they traded down a significant portion was uh, the Donovan Mitchell deal, where they traded down to and the Utah Jazz identified Donovan Mitchell and thought, hey, this is a really good player that we want. And Denver... They, they kind of succumb to that. Um, so I think Denver might be in that position where they want to try to do something like that this year. But I am a little bit skeptical too. And I'm, I'm skeptical for a number of reasons because the Nuggets are their championship contender. They want to win a title next year. They have the pressure on them to do so. And the prospect that they would be getting 
in a trade-up would have to be immediately impactful. And they're probably getting somebody at, let's, let's say, 21 and 30 gets you to 13 or 14 or 15 or 16, somewhere in that general vicinity. You're probably not getting somebody with like massive contributions for a playoff run immediately. I just can't imagine that. Like the the history of those players being impactful in a playoff series immediately is pretty rare. You don't often have a bunch of young players, which is why uh, it's one of the reasons why I don't expect Denver to draft at twenty one and thirty this year. Like they're probably not going to spend both of those picks on players. But I do think that if you're combining both of those assets to get a valuable player up the board, then that player better hit. And I just, it's a big chance to take. In addition, the draft picks that they trade are the only ones that they really have. They can get valuable players at 21 and 30, 21 or 30. Some of the better wings might be off the board, like a Jalen Williams or an Ochayak Baji or. AJ Griffin or Tari Eason or somebody like that. It's like Denver might not get those guys at 21, but they might. And they might get somebody like Wendell Moore or Christian Brown or, I don't know, a backup center candidate at 30. So there are ways that they could make those individual picks useful. And I just have to imagine that given the larger prospects that they have here, that they want to upgrade their roster. The only ways that they can do that are with those picks. I wrote about this on Sunday. Uh, If you're listening to this Sunday night, then great. If you're listening to this Monday morning, wrote about this on Sunday, that Thursday would be a very, very valuable day, very big inflection point for Denver's championship hopes. And the reason for that is this 21st and this 30th overall pick, they are Denver's last tradable first round picks until the 2029 season where they have a 2029 first round pick that they can trade. The Stepien rule prevents them from trading the picks that they do have in 2024, 2026, and 2028 because they've already traded the 2023, 2025, and 2027 first round picks. Excuse me while I stutter. Those picks being gone make it very, very important for Denver to use these picks well. And whether that's drafting somebody valuable or trading for somebody valuable, the Nuggets have to hit it. They have It's their last major opportunity to upgrade. So would they package both of those picks to just move up into the draft and grab somebody that's a little bit better than the person they get at 21? I don't know. I, I don't really see it. There are also several rumors and tidbits here or there that the Nuggets are shopping Monte Morris and Will Barton. You see this all around the web, right? Like I know Matt Moore has reported on this for the Action Network. I know that you get all of these tidbits. I've heard the same things, obviously, that the Nuggets are looking to make upgrades here or there. Shopping Monte Morris, I think Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report also had this too, and he's very much on the ball with all of these things. It's not going to come out until it actually happens or until a deal is is mostly down the road. But Denver is canvassing the league right now. They are looking for upgrades. And the natural cycle for a team with championship goals means that if you're not trading the players that have the largest contracts, 
Jokic, Murray, Porter, Gordon, those guys, they aren't getting moved. The next largest contracts for Denver heading into this offseason were Will Barton, Monte Morris, and Jermichael Green, in that order. Jermichael Green, he was already moved, and it wasn't for a player. It was actually for a pick this year, and a couple of future second-round picks, but not necessarily the most helpful thing for this season. So Denver has to have some other plan where they are doing their best to accumulate some assets, accumulate some resources, where they're going to try to go big game hunting for a guard, a wing, a forward, whoever, and try to add to the perimeter defense for the team. It's just kind of the natural circle of life, where Morris and Barton, probably the most expendable large contracts that they have. It's too bad. It, it, it is too bad that Denver's in this position where they have to move those guys or move one of those guys. They, they technically don't have to, but how are you going to improve the defense if you don't? That's my, that's my biggest concern because you know what your championship goals are and you know what your championship core is. It includes Jokic, Murray, and Porter, and that's a subpar defensive group. So you need somebody that can really help accommodate for that, and it just isn't Morris or Barton at this point. So the next steps here are pretty logical. Denver is going to try to figure out the best deal that they can get. Uh, It's probably going to happen on draft night. That would be my guess. So if you're listening to this on Monday, you're not going to have to wait that much longer. I am looking forward to this and we are going to talk about this in the next segment. When we come back, I am going to make official predictions for what is going to happen. I'm going to stop kind of dancing around everything, going to stop uh, uh, doing my thing where I, where I try to be diplomatic. I'm going to make rock-solid predictions here. But first, summer is here, and there's no better time to make your first bet with Superbook Sports. Along with its usual vast betting menu, Superbook already has a lineup for every pro football game this fall. Plus, when you make your first deposit on the Superbook app or sign up at Superbook.com, they will match 100% of your money up to $500. It's never too early to start thinking about football at Superbook Sports. Place your bet and start winning today. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Pickaxe and Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support, as always. If you can, it'd be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Five stars, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. That would be fantastic. Okay, so for this segment, this is actually going to be the last segment. I'm, I'm trying to spread out some content here. I do plan on having, I think, five or six podcasts over the course of this week, just kind of Leading up to what's going to go down on Thursday, I'm going to have a guest on, potentially somebody within the Nuggets market to kind of talk about what they're going to do, how this thing is going to shake out. And we're going to talk about uh, the draft and then try to cover as many of these things that are going to go down as possible. Going to be lots of rumors flying around, lots of moves flying around. I'll talk about them all. But for this one, 
I wanted to start the week with some official predictions. I know that we like a lot of predictions you'd want to wait for as long as possible just to make sure that you try to get as many things right as possible, have all the information that you can. For me, I have all of the information that I need to make predictions right now. Things could obviously change. And I, I don't predict to know everything or, or frankly that much. Like I, everybody is doing their best here and trying to figure out what the nuggets are going to do. I've heard some things. Other people have heard their things. Other people are going to write about those things or keep them close to the vest and talk about it after. Uh, this is just kind of how things work. This is where the Nuggets are going to do everything that they can to make the moves that they need to make. And we're just going to have to talk about the the fallout and the ramifications of that. But I want to get out in front of it, talk about it on record here. Number one, will the Nuggets make a draft pick? A draft pick. They have two at 21 and 30. I do think they're going to make a draft pick. Will the Nuggets draft at 21 and 30? No. I do not think that they will draft at both of those spots. The biggest reason for that, as I spoke about in the first segment, you have to maximize your trade value. It wouldn't surprise me if the Nuggets traded both 21 and 30 for veteran trades of some sort. And then maybe one of the picks that they, one of the deals that they make, they have a pick that comes back with them and that's like the 45th pick or something like that. And they draft somebody in the second round that they like. Or maybe they just trade up, trade down, and kind of maximize how those things are going to go. And whether it's a veteran that they get, they're going to try to squeeze as much value out of it as they can. And depending on what Calvin Booth does and who he decides to go after, I'm going to like I, I'll, I'll think pretty well or pretty badly of him. Because I do think that there's a very specific type of player that the Nuggets should be targeting. And there are a lot of candidates out there. There, there isn't a there isn't a shortage of candidates that Denver could be calling for. So I'm guessing that they've already called and had basic conversations at the very least with 29 other teams. He's talking about some of the players that they have, like for example, with the Houston Rockets. They've probably talked about the price for Eric Gordon, Eric Gordon, uh, veteran shooting guard, veteran wing for the Houston Rockets, who's pretty good on both sides of the ball. Probably not the fit that Denver's looking for, but it's a possibility because he could be on the move. Uh, same thing for Josh Hart of the Portland Trailblazers. They're probably like they don't know what his plans are going to be, what their plans are going to be. They probably have a target in mind, and, and I'm going to be writing about all of these guys on Mile High Sports, so I've got a bigger list there. But I do think how Denver kind of goes after some of these guys will sort of determine what they do at 21 and 30. So will Denver draft at both of those spots? No. That is my official prediction. Number three, will the Nuggets trade up in the draft like has been reported? No. I just don't know who makes the big difference immediately. Like if they are packaging 21 and 30, who is the player that they are targeting? Is it Jalen Williams? Is it uh, Jeremy Sohan for Baylor? Is it AJ Griffin from Duke? Is it Dyson Daniels of the G League Ignite? I don't know. I don't know what they would be looking for. It's very difficult, like we talked about, to 
to see whether Michael Malone would immediately trust a guy like that to play 20 plus minutes in a high leverage playoff series, which is honestly what they'd need. If they're like, let's say they, let's say they do that. Let's say they trade 21 and 30 for AJ Griffin of the Duke Blue Devils. And they, they kind of move up to about 13 or so. And he's a, a nice quality young wing that they want to develop, that they want to put into their system. And then they play him for 20 minutes a night. They trade Will Barton for his defensive equivalents. They trade Monte Morris for a better fit on the wing. And your playoff rotation then has to include A.J. Griffin if the Nuggets are going to win a title. Does Michael Malone do that? Does he instead try to go with Austin Rivers or somebody like that? That might be fine. That might definitely be fine. But it could put Denver at some disadvantages down the line if, like for the Warriors this year, for example, they obviously won the title. But if they had lost the title because Steve Kerr was unwilling to play Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody, that would have been an issue. That would have been really, really bad. Now, obviously, they were able to make it work because Steph Curry is unbelievable. But these are the types of conversations that they're having in the front office for Denver. Like, is this guy going to play immediately? Does this guy have the trust of Michael Malone? It's one of the reasons why Michael Malone is involved in this process and seems pretty closely involved in this process. He wants a say in what the Nuggets do because he knows that there are going to be certain players that are going to be behind the the eight ball, so to speak, on defense. So I don't think that Denver trades up in the draft for that reason. I think there are players at 21 and at 30 that have just as likely of a chance to play as anybody at 13 or so. Now let's go with this. Number four, what trade do the Nuggets make on or before draft night? Like I said, they can't really make one after. They could, but it's not going to involve those first round picks, which is fine if you you just have to know that you're not getting that maximum value. So, who is available? Who we who do we know has been out there in rumors as potentially unhappy, potentially on the move, wanting a change of scenery? There's one name that comes to mind that has really stood out throughout this process. Somebody that I haven't really previously talked about as a tangible trade target, but the more I think about it, the more interested and intrigued I get. It's OG Ananobi of the Toronto Raptors. Think about how close Denver was to getting him back in 2017, that that Donovan Mitchell trade that I was talking about. They were very, very close. They've wanted him for a long time. He's a unique fit. Uh, Matt Moore of the Action Network actually reported that Denver was brought up as a team that was interested in OG Ananobi, that they were tied to OG Ananobi in trade talks, along with the Portland Trailblazers and the San Antonio Spurs. I thought that was very interesting because initially I thought, okay, this doesn't really make that much sense. OG is kind of a 3-4. He can switch 2 through 5, 1 through 5, basically. That sounds great in theory, but he's not really the the floor spacer I think that Denver's going to want. And then I thought about it just a little bit more. I was like, okay, I kind of love this. Because here's the thing. Denver is going to need as much talent as they can possibly get to win a title. They're going to have to get everything right, but if you build up as much talent as you can possibly get, 
then there is a possibility that talent just wins out. And you can have a flawed lineup or, or lineups that kind of stagger a little bit that aren't at their best, but you can survive some of the bad ones and, and make them better if you just have as much talent as you possibly can accumulate. OG Ananobi represents that. He like the, the word on him from Jake Fisher was that he wanted a larger role in the offense. He would not get that in Denver. But if Denver started him at the two next to Jamal Murray and played Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, and OG Ananobi all together in between Murray and Jokic, that would create such a unique starting lineup that I actually think it would kind of break some of the other teams in the NBA. You have the Murray-Jokic pick-and-roll that is your best fallback that you could possibly get. That's always going to be there. But in between that, you get OG Ananobi, Michael Porter, and Aaron Gordon, who can switch up their defensive assignments, who can just switch on defense, pretty pretty trustworthy on, on that particular front. And they each have their own individual offensive skills. Porter's the the floor spacer at six foot ten. He also has some good cutting. OG is a better kind of ball handler and dribbler than than Aaron Gordon is, but he's also just a big body who's more trustworthy with his jumper than I think Aaron Gordon is. And then Gordon's kind of your dunker spot guy, but he's also a, a player that has some versatility with his screening and cutting and offensive rebounding and just a lot of different things. You can do so many different things with those three in your lineup. And you can also just play two of them at the same time for pretty much the entire damn game. So that sounds like a pretty interesting idea. I think that the Nuggets are going to go after him. I know that there are some people in Denver, in the the front office slash coaching staff, that are OG Ananobi fans. They would want him on the team. I think if I were to predict a trade package that Denver would give up for that, Will Barton, Zeke Naji, the 21st overall pick, and their 2029 first rounder that they they technically can't trade right now, but they'd have to wait for the the new league season in order to do so. I think that that is a viable trade package. It's a lot to give up for somebody. You get two first round picks, a young prospect in Zeke Naji. And an expiring contract that would probably play for them in Will Barton. Is that enough for Toronto? I, I don't know if it's enough for them, but it feels very competitive. However, I don't think that that deal gets done for a number of reasons. I think Denver might decide, okay, is that what we want to burn our chips on? Toronto might get a better deal, something that helps them a little bit more. Here is my official prediction, though, on what the Nuggets actually do. They're going to try the Toronto deal. But what they'll actually do is a deal with Washington. Will Barton and the 21st overall pick to Washington for Contavious Caldwell-Pope and a protected 2025 first-round pick. That gives Washington another first-round pick in this draft. They are kind of in the rebuild phase, I think, although they still get Will Barton, somebody who I think could be a little bit better of an offensive fit with what the Wizards want to do. They aren't a great defensive team, the Wizards are, but but they do need help on the offensive end as well. This would be a good fit for Denver. Is it a little bit disappointing in comparison to a OG Ananobi trade? Yeah, probably by comparison. But the fit really is basically seamless. 
you get your starting shooting guard on opening on opening night. You get a player that you can just kind of pencil in right there. And he makes a lot of sense defending point guards uh, in place of Murray. Also just spacing the floor, not really needing the ball in order to be an impactful player every game. So I think that's a that's a good idea. It's it's very realistic, I think, for both of those teams. And there is some connection between Tommy Shepard and the Nuggets front office, although it was Tim Connolly there, so maybe that's a little bit different. But Wes Ansel Jr. is also on that team and coaching that team, so maybe there is some connections that could kind of facilitate that. And number five, the Nuggets would have the 30th overall pick still. What would they do with that 30th overall pick? I'm going to predict they draft Wendell Moore Jr. Another wing, you get KCP in a trade and you draft Wendell Moore Jr. in the draft. He's kind of a good understudy for KCP. They're around the same size. They've got kind of a similar build where they're about 6'5 with long arms good shooters off the dribble, but also have some ball skills, also have some defensive skills. And I feel like Wendell Moore, pretty good candidate to kind of replace KCP down the line. As KCP gets older, maybe Denver wants to phase a little bit younger in the future. Wendell Moore feels like a really good candidate to do that. He might be a player that could play immediately this year, which would be very exciting for Michael Malone. The Nuggets already had Wendell Moore in the draft or in the the pre-draft workouts. They do have Marjan Bochamp coming in on Monday, and he's another guy that I would consider, but I think he'll be off the board by then. If he were on the board, then I would pick him for sure. But I do think that Moore, he makes a lot of sense. He's a three-year player at Duke, has a lot of different skills, very versatile player, has some good passing skills as well. So if you need him to handle the ball, make plays, then he can do that. Strikes me as somebody that could play next to Bones, or play next to Murray, or play next to Monte Morris, and also fit pretty well with Jokic, just as a kind of a Gary Harris approximate. You still need to decide some things on point guard. Actually, let's just go through the depth chart now. Like, what does Denver's roster look like after this deal, after after this night? You get KCP, you get Wendell Moore, both of those guys slot into the shooting guard position. You have your three point guards at Murray, Morris, and Bones. KCP and Morris, shooting guard. MPJ at the three. Gordon, Najee, and Jeff Green at the four. And Jokic at the five. It's fine. It's good. Actually, it is really good. It's a good start. And if you were if you're exiting draft night with that roster, kind of on the plans, I think that's a very fair thing to do. Entering free agency, it gives you some flexibility. You don't necessarily have to nail everything in in free agency. Let's say you get Gary Harris back or somebody like that. Say you trade for or not trade, but like actually, yeah. Let's say you, or you could trade Monte Morris for DeAnthony Melton or somebody like that. You could trade uh, Jeff Green for a backup five or something like that. You could still resign Demarcus Cousins. You could use your taxpayer Emily on a backup center or. Even a backup forward. I don't know. What I do know is that if you have that group, Murray, Morris, Bones, Caldwell Pope, Wendell Moore, Michael Porter, Gordon, Najee, Jeff Green, Nikola Jokic, 
I'd feel pretty good about that. If I'm a Nuggets fan, I would feel pretty good. That is my official prediction. If it comes to pass, then I get all the credit. I promise. I get all of it. I can, I'm going to take it. I'm going to steal it. It's going to be mine. Uh, but if it doesn't happen, I get none of the blame because that's just that's just how I roll. Um, no, of, of course. Like I could be very much wrong on this. Denver might decide that they want to keep around Barton. They want to keep around uh, Monte Morris and they trade up for – Dyson Daniels or or AJ Griffin or Benedict Matherin or somebody like I I don't know I don't know how high they can get but they also could just pull off a big move the OG Ananobi move makes some sense it could be Malcolm Brogdon it could be Josh Hart or Lou Dort somebody like that I don't know what they're going to do if you want to read some of my thoughts on each of the individual trades and each of the individual trade targets. Check that article out on Mile High Sports. But for now, that is going to do for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I will be back tomorrow, probably recapping the pre-draft workout that happens with Marshawn Bochamp, among other players. And then if there are some other rumors that kind of come down the pipeline, it'll be Monday, right before the NBA draft. I'm sure something is going to drop. Maybe there's some actual moves that happen. We'll talk about it all. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support as always. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.